So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. I am going to share tales today from a COVID story. And it just so happens to be my COVID-19 story. And I want to share with you what I've learned through having COVID-19 and having to go through it um, and making a four-day trip to ICU and how I recovered what I learned from it. So um, I think you're going to find this episode to be extremely helpful for you, your friends, your loved ones, anybody that you know that have COVID-19. I'm going to give you a little bit of insight on treatment and some things that I think that if I would have got in the very beginning, I would have never ended up in the hospital. So with that said, Let's start first. I want to give a big shout out to someone that went on to iTunes and left a five-star review. And so I really appreciate it. You know, you guys know that gets me all jazzed up when you guys do this. So this is from Carl1897. He says, thanks for your work. Hey, Corey, pardon the delay. I've listened to all 124 of your podcasts more than once. You deliver. I will be on your team this year. Thanks again for the work you and your wife do much love. Thanks, Carl. Man, listen, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate when you guys take the time to go to Apple Podcasts and, and leave a, a review, it, any review. doesn't matter good, bad, or the ugly. I'll take them all. But it really is nice to know that we're out there creating a difference. And so that's that was always my goal from the very beginning is to share the dirt, the good, bad, and the ugly. We're going to keep doing it, and today we're going to we're going to talk about something that's a little off topic, but I think it it is on topic because COVID nineteen is everywhere, and I live in Arizona, and there's spikes. Last thing, last thing. If you are new to this business and you want to get plugged in, man, I have created something that is amazing. I've taken everything, all the products I've ever created, my cash flow calculator my Raising Private Money course, my Apartments to Millions Premier course, my cash flow calculator, my underwriting software, and all the case studies and how to use it. And actually, my two books, my two books that I just wrote. For $97 a month, you can get access to everything I've ever created. And let me tell you, it is a treasure trove. So to get that, you go to kahunahq.com. KahunaHQ.com, $97 a month. If you're new and you and even if you're seasoned and you want to learn uh, my version of things, listen, I don't think there's any better way to learn than um, 
through good quality stuff. Now we don't give a lot of fluff in our training. We don't tell long ass stories. We actually get back. We it's it's teaching. It is a teaching product. It will it goes step by step. It's very methodical. It's very thought out. Um, I think you'll really really like it. So if you like, if you want to get started and, and you want to really like get going, Kahuna HQ is where you need to go. Okay. With that said, so I'm going to share with you my guys my COVID story, and it's really. It's really interesting to see how it worked and, and what happened. So about, gosh, June 28th, Shelly and I went on a date night in uh, Scottsdale. We were all masked up. and um, But anyways, somehow we got, we got COVID. And on the following Monday, the 29th, man, I was sicker than a dog. I had sweats. I had fever. Um, I mean, I sweat through my bed like it was just it was it was so horrible, and then aches. I mean, just terrible aches, like the flu. These are flu symptoms, but I want to say a little bit worse because of the sweating, and, and I was just like, man, and I was just exhausted, exhausted. So immediately the next day, I knew something. I'm like, I got COVID. I just knew it. Um, so we go and get tests. But we we didn't go to a rapid testing place. We went to a place where it was Shelly's doctor or whatever, and they came outside our car into our car and gave a swab. But we didn't even get results back for almost nine days later, ten days later. I think it was ten days. I don't recommend if you're going to get swab, find a place, a facility where you can get your test results in 24 hours. I just found one here in Scottsdale. I drove in, I gave him 125 bucks, and I had the results later. That's how I got my negative COVID test. But I wish I would have had that from the very beginning because it would have been I would have been able to probably get treatment way sooner from some type of doctor. So I go through the first eight days, eight days of COVID, and it's pretty much the same symptoms all day. We're in our house, we're in upstairs, we're quarantined. Of course, as soon as I got sick, my wife got sick. And then our son got sick as well. So three out of the four members of my family get COVID right away. And now we're, now we're trying to stay quarantined from my daughter. She's the only one that didn't get it. My son, by the way, is 14 years old. He was sick for a day. He had a fever for a day. And that was it. Um, that was all his symptoms were. Never had any problem breathing. Went and like, okay, yeah, yeah this is, do I got to stay home? Yes, son, you got to stay home for 14 days, okay? But immediately, he felt better after day one. Now, Shelly and I are upstairs, and it's living hell. <laughs> we, I mean, every day, it's a fever, it's headaches. Um, and then about on day four or five, we lose our taste. When you can't taste anything, and, and it, the stuff you do taste, all you taste is the salt. Everything tasted so salt. I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so much salt <laughs> in everything so your appetite just starts to truly fade and every night it's fever it's sweats we, we replaced sheets almost daily and you know every day we're just we're trying to drink as much water trying to stay hydrated but we are we are on no medication it's just tylenol and uh, and advil for like 12 days okay and still don't have like again those Test results never came in, you know, 10 days later. We still don't have the results of our test, but we know we have COVID. We know, but doctors don't know. So I get to a point where I'm like, I finally, on the, like the eighth day, 
I break my fever. I'm no longer now just like, and I'm not super achy, but I have a new problem. I'm shortness of breath. And I mean, I like, I go downstairs, come back up and I'm like, I don't have a very, very big range of capacity for air. And I'm like, ooh, this is not good. I can feel it. I feel the tightness in my lungs and I'm not feeling well. I'm still not feeling great, but I, you know, I've had diarrhea and, you know, it's just still not great, man. I'm still horrible. But my lung capacity, because that's what everybody's talking about is, you know, how much oxygen you're getting starts to give me concerned. So actually I have a neighbor, a friend that has a little O2 sensor that you put on your finger. So I put it on. And I'm right at 90%, 90%. And for all of you guys listening, 90% is the threshold that it's, it's not good. You need to do something right away. Like you probably need to go to the hospital and because it could get worse. And if it gets worse, your organs can start failing. So I, I look at Shell, I'm like, man, honey, I don't think I'm that bad, but I don't even want to risk it. Let's go to the ER. Go to the ER and then... <laughs> It's not we go to the ER. My do- my wife drops me off at the ER. Now I'm all by myself. And, you know, you, it's the three and a half hour wait in the ER. Finally, they get me to a, a room. They, you know, I tell them I think I got COVID. They do a rapid test two hours later. Yes, you do. And then they immediately put me on oxygen and they immediately put me on, uh, they give me a steroid and they give me an antibiotic. Like those are the meds I got pretty much in the ER, right? Once they looked at me, the doctor like put a little thing on my finger, made me do like some jumping jacks or whatever. And then looked at the reading. He's like, okay, yeah, you're right at, you know, 89%. That's, you're, you're sick enough to get admitted, basically is what he said, sick enough to get admitted. So now I got to wait for a bed to open up. So I ended up waiting for like 7, 7.30 PM. And finally a bed opens up in the ICU. I go into the COVID unit, you know, then all of a sudden they get me worked up. By the way, my heart rate's like 104, 105, 110. It's pretty like rapid. It's pretty beaten pretty pretty hard. And I think it was just anxiety. I don't I don't know. But so then they get me on an O2 sensor. They get me like in a heart monitor, like EKG kind of thing. And um, again, so and they'd already you know gave me antibiotic steroid. Next morning, antibiotic steroid, right is what I pretty much got, and. Now, during the, the next day, my little sensor on my O2, for my O2 on my finger, looks like it's about ready to fall apart. Like, it's got wires kind of where it, like, you shouldn't see them. And so, the lady, my nurse is like, you know what? We're just going to get rid of this. So, she takes and puts a new, like, tape O2 sensor on my finger, gets it hooked up. And that's all fine well. So, then the, later on that evening, there's the machine that the O2 sensor is hooked up to. If it gets below like 88, it goes beep, 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 beep. Well, all of a sudden, about 8.30 the next day, that evening, I start hearing beep, 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 beep. So I look up at the monitor, and I'm like, 88%. I'm like, gosh, damn it. This is not good. And so they told me that the best way to beat this thing is you, you want to lay on your stomach to allow your lungs to not work so hard. And it would, it's the easiest way to try to maybe heal and also to work on breathing. So when I start hearing beep, 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 right, I am now on my stomach 
and I'm breathing really hard. I'm trying to breathe as hard as I can, which is painful. It's painful. And I'm in, I'm sweating. By the way, it's not like 73 at the hospital. I had it felt like it was 80 degrees in the hospital in the unit that I was at. It just was not comfortable at all. I'm sweating profusely. My heart rate's up. Beep, 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 beep. And I'm telling you, and I'm just like, man, I, you know, I'm going to work really hard. Problem was, is like, it's just not, it's keep that thing keeps beeping. Next day, this day, now I'm in like day two or two and a half, if you want to call it. Come, nurse comes in in the morning, gives me my antibiotic, my steroid. Um, then the afternoon, I'm still kind of beep, 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 beep. So she turns up my oxygen. I started at oxygen at two, level two. Now she turns it up to level four. I'm like, man, it's not, this is not good. Like, this is not the right way. And, uh, you know, but I'm still, I'm working, you know, every time that I chance, as long as I can, on my stomach, breathing hard, trying to, and just making it hurt and, you know, sweating and just, I'm just, uh, I mean, I've never worked harder. <laughs> so I don't want to die, right? I mean, honestly. Now, that evening, I'm still getting beep, 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 and I'm just frustrated, right? I'm working as hard as I can. And it was at that point that I had to say and confront some immortality where in that moment, that evening on that second day, that, that evening is where I prayed to God. And I, I wasn't praying to God to like for healing. I was praying to God to say, Jesus, if you want to take me, I made peace with it. I made peace with if, if I was going to die. I made peace with it. I was like, you know what? If I die, I'm gonna go in a much better place. Jesus, I mean, I'm 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 your child. I'm I'm you know, I believe. And if it is my time to go, then you know, I'm okay with it. I was praying for my family that they would be able to heal if I passed away. Right now I'm all by myself. And but I went there. I went there and confronted immortality. And it's really weird to do, but I was actually at peace. I found peace. Now, I told myself, I'm going to work as wholly hard as I can to be healthy. But if it doesn't work out, I was going to be okay, right? I knew that I would be in a much better spot. And I was praying for my family that they would find, you know, understanding and, and, and get through it. That's really all it was. So that's kind of my my sentiment on day two. Day three, again in the morning, still beep beep. And I'm I mean I'm just like so I'm supposed to get a plasma treatment a transfusion that day with antibodies from other um, healed or people that had antibodies had given plasma um, for COVID. So I get, I'm getting ready to get the treatment and, you know, my nurse looking at me, she says, beep, beep. So she turns me up to level six on my oxygen. Now at this point, I'm like, we're going up again. I know what she's doing when she came over to the oxygen part, she turns it up and I'm just like, man, I don't know. I don't, I just, I feel okay, but the sensors and stuff are telling me that it's, I'm not. And so again, I'm working really hard. I get my transfusion. There's actually twice. It's like two and a half hours. Now it's like four o'clock and it's still kind of beep beeping. And finally my nurse comes in and she looks at me and I'm just like, I just don't understand. I mean, 
I feel like I'm getting better, but like this, and she's like, you know what? Hold up your middle finger. Hold up my middle finger. Like I'm giving her the bird, I guess. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to put a new, I'm going to put a, a new sensor on you. Puts the new sensor on, hooks it all up. And immediately my oxygen levels go to 97%. My friends, I had faulty sensor. I had a faulty sensor. I thought I was going to die because of a stupid, faulty oxygen sensor. Immediately, once I get that, the, the new readings, she turns me back down to level two. She's like, oh, well, it's just a bad sensor. And I'm just telling you, you want to talk about a wave of relief because I have been working, I was working so hard on my breathing, focusing, concentrating. I don't want to die. I'm going to do all the work that I can, you know. And then once that happened, I, I swear my heart rate went way down to like 75 or 80 or something like that. And a relief came over my body. And I knew at that point right there that I was, was going to be fine um, and I was going to make it. So I get through the next day. And the next morning, so my, my uh, doctor comes in and sees that I'm at a level two and everything, and, and I got the plasma. And now I'm at, and my oxygen levels are now at like 95%, 96%, which are, is really good. And he's like, you know what? We're going to get you out of here today. And so that's what happened. So at about four, I think maybe three o'clock that afternoon, I was finally released. I was released with oxygen. So they gave me oxygen to come home with. So they, they didn't want to make, they want to make sure I had plenty of oxygen. Um, I get the oxygen, go home, feeling much better, but still not out of the woods yet. You know, probably the next three days, I'm, I'm, I'm on oxygen at home. And after that, I finally feel better. Okay, now, oh, meanwhile, meanwhile. So on day two of my stay at the hospital, I'm texting my wife, calling my wife. Shelly's got COVID too. She's not feeling well. Finally, she's just like, honey, I'm not really feeling well. So I said, honey, just come to the ER and... You know, get, get checked in. They'll prov- you know at least give you an antibiotic and a steroid, get you going on some meds. So she comes to the hospital, gets checked in. They do an X-ray on her, and then in the ER they're like, "You're not sick enough. You're not sick enough. So we're going to release you. Take some Tylenol. Good luck." That was the treatment plan. Now that makes no freaking sense when I was on steroid. And an antibiotic from like as soon as I got in. So why was my treatment that? And Shelly got nothing. And I, I this really has been frustrating for me uh, because I think this is why so many people are probably dying is because they're not getting treatment, any treatment, any er, early. So why I was in the hospital on day three. My good friend Mike Hambright had sent me a YouTube video about a, of a doctor out of Texas that was prescribing a nebulizer machine with a steroid called bedesonine. Bedesonine is it's an inhaled the, the nebulizer machine makes an inhaler. So we can we use nebulizer machines with babies, like when they have asthma or they have breathing problems, right? Or they get sick. So it's something that's been around forever. And the bedesonine is a steroid that you, you're breathing in, and it's going straight to the problem area, which is your lungs. And the video made 
absolute common sense. He's talking about how in Taiwan, in Japan, um, you know, and so in in some of those countries, they have a whole different treatment plan where they're they're doing the vanessonine and um, the nebulizer machine early early treatment, like day one. And what they're finding is that their their patients are recovering because what does COVID do? Is it, it taxes your lungs where you don't get oxygen. And when people don't get enough oxygen, that's when they start their other organs and systems start to fail. So, um, and then the the antibiotic is so you don't get pneumonia because I got actually end up getting pneumonia from COVID. So pneumonia and um, inflamed lungs equals no error, which equals bad things can happen. So I sent that video to my wife and I'm like, honey, I'm on a steroid. I'm on an antibiotic. You should get this treatment right away. And so I just told her to call one of her doctor friends and make them prescribe this medication. And that's what we did. That's what she did. And immediately my wife started getting better. So then when I come home, I still, I got prescribed meds, uh, still antibiotics, still the steroid, but it was going to be a pill form steroid. And I was like, screw this. I'm going to take the nebulizer machine and the bedesonite. And so that was my treatment plan when I got out of the hospital for the next four days. And it worked miracles. Shelly, same way. And the question I asked myself is why, what they're doing at the hospitals right now is they're taking, they want you to be stage four, man. They want you to be sicker than sick. And then it's like, well, let's, oh crap, let's try to help. When they turned my wife away, when they could have gave her a steroid and an antibiotic from the get-go, my primary care, so what I would like for you guys to know is this. If I was to get COVID-19 again, here is what I would do. I would call my doctor. I would get a, a, a day test where I know I'd have COVID the next day. And then I would call my physician and I would tell them that I want a nebulizer machine with a steroid called bedesonine. And I would want to be on an antibiotic right away. And I think you'll and keep calling providers that you find one that is going to do it for you, right? Do not let them tell you no. Keep going until you find the right doctor that will say yes, that will prescribe you this. Because I believe if I would have been on that nebulizer machine from the get-go, I would have never got as bad as I got. So now, if there's any good news that can come out of having COVID-19, it's that I lost 25 pounds. <laughs> and it's still off, by the way. So I guess it's the COVID-19 weight loss program, weight, lose weight or die trying. That's really not funny, but, you know, I got to try to make fun of it because it was, this was probably the worst experience of being sick that I've ever had. And my, me and my wife together, we're just looking at each other like we're both sick and we're, you know, and it's a little bit scary. It's a little bit scary. I mean, going to the ER was scary all by yourself and not knowing and then having my bad sensor thing about just took me over the edge. <laughs> But knowing what I know now, I'm telling you, I think if I would have been prescribed the nebulizer machine with bedesonide as a steroid and taken an antibiotic, I would have beat COVID easily. It would have been like the normal flu. I would have been sick for three or four days. Um, then I would have, would have started recovering and wouldn't have as much shortness of breath where I was freaked out. So if you or your loved ones get COVID, do those steps. Call your doctor, 
nebulizer machine, bedesonide as the steroid that's an inhaled uh, steroid. Plus, just using the breathing machine makes you open up your lungs. It makes you open up and get stuff into the deeper part of your lungs, which is going to help heal you. Um, and then the antibiotics, just to make sure you don't get any more like walking pneumonia or anything that's bad. So I wish I would have had that treatment earlier. I think it would have been a whole different case. I think I would have not had, you know, a, a big ass uh, expense at the hospital that I'm going to have to pay now. But the main thing is I didn't die from COVID. So I didn't die. My wife didn't die. My son didn't die. And there is treatment out there, but you've got to do your own research and, and figure it out because no one will do it for you. So guys, that is my experience, my real life experience with COVID-19. I survived it. I'm, I'm winning. It has been now today's day 24. I am completely healed. I say that I still have a little bit of, I'm going to call it pneumonia, but I still, I do, I'm on one more round of antibiotics just to clean out my lungs completely. I got my uh, negative COVID test yesterday on the 22nd, July 22nd. So feeling good and healthy, um, no other issues. Uh, my wife has no other issues. We are back to doing regular activities um, and living life as normal as possible with everything that's going on. So I want to just encourage you guys all, you know, life is short, man. When you have a, a real life thing where you like, when you pray and say, if I'm going to die and, and find peace in it, it's a different place. Not a, we, we don't normally go there very often, but um, I did. And um, I'm going to tell you that, um, you know, I felt, at peace because I feel like I've been living my life full out for quite some, some, so many years. Um, I feel like I've been a good dad. I didn't have any regrets. And I, I, I just want to say, when you look at your business life, you've got to put your family first and then your business has to fit in the cracks. It just has to guys, you have to build your business that way. If you will do it that way, then you will live a life of abundance. You will never have regrets. Um, you will look back at your life and say, man, I did my best and the best is all I could do. And that is something to really probably cherish. And I'm thankful that that's how I felt in that moment. It was all about gratitude and love and no regrets, no regrets at all. Guys, in this life, short amount of time, Work hard, work smart, but more importantly, believe that you can. Belief is everything, guys. If you believe it, you can achieve it, and your paradise is possible. <laughs>